Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. Today, I get to introduce you to Mary Hannah Wilson. Mary is a writer, online teacher, and homeschool mother to four kids ranging from middle school age to college. She believes that creativity Laughter and fun are the backbone of engaging and inspiring homeschools. Mary lives in North Carolina with her husband and four kids. She's an Enneagram 7 and an extrovert. She enjoys traveling, tea, iced or hot, good conversations, and books. You can find her on her homeschool blog, Mary Hannah Wilson. She shares resources, tips, and ideas while encouraging families to embrace the freedom that comes with homeschooling. You can find her on her bookworm website, Celebrate a Book. She helps parents celebrate and talk about literature with their kids. As part of helping parents celebrate literature, she now offers live book clubs for kids throughout school. It was such a pleasure to have Mary on the podcast. She is a whole bunch of fun, as you are about to discover. We get to dig deep into discussion on homeschooling high school and why there's an awful lot of freedom, both for us and for our homeschooled kids. She encourages homeschool families that are just starting out to know that this is a journey. Homeschooling is a journey. It's okay if you want to change things or do things differently the following year, but somewhere along the way you realize that homeschooling is mostly about your relationships with your kids, about your family life. The learning stuff is secondary. You are going to enjoy this conversation, and when you're done, you can head over to find her on OutSchool or Instagram or her websites, her personal website or her bookworm website, or you can find her on TikTok. She's there because she is a whole bunch of fun. So let's get started. So welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be so much fun. I see you on Instagram and you are the epitome of fun homeschool mom. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely, I definitely, it has morphed and changed over the years what qualifies as fun now. Um, But yes, (laughs) I like to have fun. Awesome. Because I saw one of your reels, I was almost tempted to join you. I think you were doing some sort of dance thing, or something you were doing. uh, I don't know, something Pilates on the ground, inviting people. I could do that. Wait, I don't think I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) You could go remix it. (laughs) Well, all my kids are dancers. So I'm thinking it has to come from somewhere. And it's not coming from my husband. So (laughs) right, must be you. Yeah, must be me. Exactly. So welcome to the podcast. And for those who haven't met you yet, would you introduce yourself? Sure. Hi, I am Mary Wilson. I'm a homeschooling mom of four kids. They are currently a freshman in college, a junior in high school, a freshman in high school, and a seventh grader, two girls, then two boys. They have all been homeschooled the whole time, with the exception of seven days 
for the current junior in high school, her freshman year. Um, and um, yeah, I love homeschooling and I love sharing our journey and my own personal journey on all the social media outlets and my yeah. own website. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you know, I was on, so I looked at your description of yourself on Instagram and you said, find fun and freedom in your homeschool. And that sounds just like you. <laughs> yes. That's, that's what I see. Enneagram type seven, you're so much fun. You're here to entertain us and just, you know, capture the fun in the homeschool thing, which if you've been here, done that long enough, sometimes it's not fun, but you yes. need to capture it. Yeah, I, I think that's true. That's why I was saying that fun kind of changes and morphs as you go into those teenage years. Um, so you have to find new ways to have fun in the middle of, you know, um, algebra two and biology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And biology was okay for me. It was physics and chemistry that I was like, wait, what? <laughs> when someone questions homeschool, you have a reel on your Instagram account. And uh, it's so funny. It's so funny how you're you're mimicking someone's voice. I'm like, that is so good. When someone questions homeschool, this is your reaction. And you have this little note at the bottom where you say, feel free to borrow this vibe for the coming holiday family events. I'm like, amen, sister. <laughs> yes, I noticed. <laughs> yes, just in case anyone else needs the permission to do so. Exactly. Yeah. Your reels are hilariously fun. Now you even actually on your, in, your website, on your about me page, the way you engage the reader of the website makes me feel like you brought me into your home and I got to see your messy kitchen or your messy house, <laughs> but you got to enjoy the background, the, you know, the energy of your homeschool that maybe we can sit and have tea until about five when your husband comes home and you talk about Legos on the floor and you're unapologetically you. And I'm like, oh, I love that. That's so, so authentic and so real. And it's very inviting for us. It makes us feel like we can just be real in the homeschool realm. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that has definitely been one of my goals for homeschool moms is not necessarily to be me or be like me, but to embrace who they are yeah. and to feel comfortable in that, that we don't need to be the things we're seeing everywhere else, but in those things, find what brings us joy and inspires us and then bring them into our home, but not everything. Not everything, <laughs> not everything. No. That is for sure. But you know, you, you actually have um, a video too, where I would love to see this place, the homeschool gathering place in Raleigh, North Carolina. First of all, my one experience in that part of the United States, gorgeous. It's beautiful. And I really would love to visit a curriculum vendor shop again, even though I've been doing this long enough that I probably own one <laughs> and probably could sell stuff out of my, my homeschool room. That is essentially a gathering place of all my curriculum for the last 15 years. But you know, that must have been a lot of fun. At the very end of your video, you said that, you know, you'll you're welcome to, you know, come to North Carolina and have a cup of tea with me. And I'm like, I'm on I'm in it. Yes, I want to yes. come. I'm in British Columbia. It's a long <laughs> walk, but I'm there. <laughs> See, that's the Enneagram seven again, who's like, I, I, I may not have met you. But hey, if you're here in the neighborhood, come to the store. And call me. I'll meet you for tea. Because you know what? If we're homeschool parents, we've already got a bond. Yeah. We've already got one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And as I had Enneagram type two, I'm there to help whoever wants help. So I'm that's also right. That's right. Know, just not as fun. Just not as fun. <laughs> okay. What are you drinking? I'm curious. Yeah. Go tea. tea. Okay. I'm always <laughs> drinking tea. I have a bit of a tea problem. Um, this is just an English breakfast tea. 
Okay. But I probably have well over 15 choices in my cabinet. Yeah, me too. Depending yeah. on my mood. <laughs> yeah, this is not product placement, but my daughter asked me for a 25 days of Christmas David's tea. It's so good. They're so good. Oh, I would love that. Something like that where you get to try a little bit of everything, but you're not committing yet. Okay. So she's an Enneagram type four, but I sometimes think she's a, a seven because she waits up till midnight so she can try the next tea for the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical. I can, I can get behind that. Yeah, exactly. So right now I have four kids as well. And my oldest is um, in her third year of university first or the second one is in her first year. And my third is actually in high school. She's the one I just spoke to uh, is 16. And my youngest is in grade eight. So we actually have very similar aged kids. Yeah, we do. And at some point along the way, they transition in from that early homeschool experience, that young homeschooled kids experience to going away, <laughs> moving away, doing that, you know, grown up and independent thing. But that's good because that's the way it's supposed to be. But at the same time, I noticed for you as well, you brought a daughter to college last year and what a huge transition, hey? Oh, huge transition. Yeah. And my daughter did not come home for Thanksgiving break, <laughs> yes. <Me laughs> which, too. you know, is so good. I mean, so good. Like I couldn't be happier for her. And in fact, I was telling a friend, um, you know, because yes, I'm an Enneagram seven, I don't do the the sad very much, but the one night I did feel a little sentimental. It, it wasn't as much that she wasn't there. I love her. I missed her, but I'm so happy for her. It was just that realization that, oh my gosh, here we are. Like we're here. Like, yeah, my kids are little. They always said I would get here one day. And here oh, I am with yes. children doing their own thing uh -huh. on the holidays. And yeah. I couldn't be happier for them, but oh my goodness. Enough for me. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. This I is know. It. <laughs> and I they're going to keep doing it. They're all going to leave. <laughs> and when you think it will never switch or transition, then it does. It and just does. It just does. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that first year I was like, okay, this is way too exhausting. Like they have to grow. She has to grow up now because I'm so tired. And then I'm like, oh wait, she grew up. <laughs> no, yeah. no. But it turns out that's what was intended. But you saw a transition around the middle school years or where did you start to see a transition? Yeah. In, in our homeschool, um, it was around when my oldest hit seventh grade. Yeah. And I will never forget. I mean, and that oldest has to pave the way. So it's so much easier for the other kids. They have no idea how easy they have it because <laughs> mom has adjusted now. But I remember we had been doing this history co-op for, I think we were going on our third year where we were reading the same history curriculum and we would get together every three weeks to do the fun stuff, the crafts, the get messy day. And I remember my oldest looking at me and being like, do I have to come? What, <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? Do you have, like, this is the fun day. Why do you mean, do you have to come? And it took me a while to like settle with that. Like, wait a second. It's not fun for her anymore. Mm -hmm. And yep. that's okay. So instead she became the helper helping the little kids and that just kind of snowballed into this whole new, oh, I have a whole different dynamic here now. Yes. What used to be fun is now still fun for some of my kids, but not for the other. And I've, I've got to kind of work through this. So that is my most distinct memory of, oh, 
we're, we're in a new phase. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I started parenting, I really thought of parenting as when they're little and I never imagined them transitioning into something else. Yeah. And, and I think as we get on social media, um, so many of the amazing, and I applaud these moms, Instagram and social media accounts are elementary schoolers. And we're yeah. seeing the crafts and the fun and the, yeah. you know, all that stuff we love too. But teenagers, I mean, there's not a whole lot of Instagram worthy. Hey, we're doing chemistry today. <laughs> we're, we're solving yeah. equations. Okay. So for the last couple <laughs> of years, I actually have a tried to put photographs or different pictures. Do they call them photographs? But pictures <laughs> onto Instagram about their world. And then I realized, oh, they're also in Instagram. And they're like, mom, I don't want you to put that on Instagram. Yeah. So I have the to- other whole thing is we went through as they all hit around 12, I just got in the habit of permission. And they kind of know at this point, if mom's taking photos, they're not going online anywhere unless I have stated that. Yeah, I have gotten better about saying, hey, who wants to be in this reel with me? Who wants to do this with me? And I have some kids who will probably never do one with me. And other kids, every time I ask are like, me, me. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that makes it fun too. I actually have kids I would never have thought would go into the performing arts. Uh, My my second daughter is doing a performing arts in dance and specifically in ballet. She's taking acting classes and voice classes and all those sorts of things. And she was my like super academic, always wants to do science. We'll do the extra bonus work. Why did she get 95%? You know, that kind of kid. And now she's doing all that stuff really, you know, outside of herself. And they'll surprise you that way. But a lot of my kids that I thought would do things with me right off the top are like, eh, no, even though they're they're very capable, but you have to really respect the boundaries and, uh, and also adjust to the reality that they aren't just these cute little kids right beside you the same way. Yeah, right. They definitely aren't, but they're awesome. (laughs) And amazing and far beyond what you ever thought they would be like way more expansive than you thought. So you focus primarily, I notice on high school. So there was a transition, obviously, you've been homeschooling for a while. So you transitioned into focusing on high school. I'm curious about that. Yeah, you mean like on my website and social media and all? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mainly middle and high school, kind of the yeah. teen years. Um, actually, particularly middle school, because I started to realize when I started talking about middle school and that transition time into the teen years, a lot of people, it resonated with them. And not a lot of people were talking about it at the time. Um, the, the difficulty, kind of the grieving process of saying goodbye to the crafty years that yes. if you were like me and you loved, you know, it was this, oh, it's changing and I need to learn to embrace something new. So mm-hmm. I kind of found my spot there on social media. I mean, I, I can't post about elementary school anymore anyway. <laughs> There's no one here to pose for me. <laughs> I'm glad that I wrote so um, prolifically, like I really wrote a lot in the beginning years, mostly as like a life preserver to process everything that was going on. And I wrote everything. And now I look back and I go, oh, I remember that when they were all four wanting to do this. So they'd follow around my oldest. And anytime she said anything, they'd go, yeah, let's go do that. That sounds fun. Um, and and just how rapidly things changed. It really did help me to to look back and see those years. But yeah, the transition has been huge. It changes with every child. Like the transition is 
different for each of the children. I agree with you. The first child really does help you to um, transition into this notion of you letting go and letting them become who they were meant to be. Um, But, you know, you have a specific approach in book clubs for kids, for their social opportunities, which is an area that I find changes also at the middle age or middle school age, high school age, where they just want to engage differently. Some are introverted, so it's not, not the same as some of the extroverts, but they're all, you know, engaging outside of you and your act activities or things that you want to give them. Yeah. In fact, it was my daughter's seventh grade year that I came up with the idea of um, hosting book clubs for her and her friends. And um, the hard, and then I started with all my kids. And in fact, there was one year I was a little bit of a crazy person because I was organizing and running three book clubs, one for my daughter, my boys were in third and fifth grade. And then I had a eighth, seventh grade book club for my um, second daughter. And then I had a high school book club for my oldest daughter. And it was that crazy kind of fun that you overcommit to and you're just kind of making it through, but the kids are all loving it. And, and like you're saying, those peer interactions become so much more important in those teen years and, and with the same peers regularly. And um, the, the book clubs were such a gift to our family at that time. And I still have one. My youngest still meets with his monthly book club. And um, it has kind of faded off for the other ones as they've gotten into other things and everyone kind of finds their thing. But he's still going strong. (laughs) So you're like me. You love books. You love reading. You love doing all that sort of thing, whether it's kids books or adult books. I see online you've got really great book um, suggestions, like ones that I've got on my homeschool mama book list, like the um, you had Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird, which I haven't put on my list. But if you're a writer like that's you got to read that one. And actually, and Stephen King's writing book. That's the only Stephen King book I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) But that is another one. It is an amazing book, one. but you've got Sue Monk Kid's book, um, the most recent one, which I haven't read, but one of her books, Dance of the Dissonant Daughter, is one of my all-time favorites, a yes. beautiful book. And then it is The Teenage Brain by Frances Jensen. And I'm like, oh, wow, amazing book options for moms as well as the kids. Yeah, that one. that one's a little deeper. I mean, it's kind of a deeper dive, but such good information. So good. So tell me what you've learned about the teenage brain. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is still developing. <laughs> giggle, giggle, giggle. This is what we've got for information. Yeah, so much. And they're also different, right? But yes. that there's a book that I read called Brainstorm that I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> And all, all I have to say to you is brainstorm and you go, oh, OK, I got it. <laughs> so, I mean, you were a teenager. We we're teenagers. We remember. Right. But we remember yes. differently when our kids are teenagers now. It's like, wait, what happened? You don't want to come with me to this thing or you don't. You know, it's just it's a bit of a surprise. So actually doing that exploration or that reading is really useful. But you actually the last thing that I saw you had was thrillers and suspense for moms. So I'm curious. You've got books all over the place. What do you actually read? <laughs> Uh, my favorite is thrillers yeah. and suspense. So if I'm given, um, I, I remember uh, it was actually during COVID and the pandemic and, you know, the, the world was kind of falling apart and we all were finding our survival. Um, I gave myself permission that first summer to read nothing but thrillers and suspense <laughs> because that was my guilty pleasure. I just dove in and was reading a few a week. Like, this is all I'm going to do. And I loved it. So then I have to say to myself, okay. 
time to get back into some more expansive reading. Let's <laughs> challenge yourself. You know, let's grab some nonfiction. Let's grab a good historical fiction. You know, and I, I enjoy it all, but I yeah. will definitely gravitate. You don't have to force me to read a suspense book. It's it's the first thing I'll go to. Do you have a favorite? Um, you know, it's funny. My favorite book is not a suspense, but is written by an author who kind of did, um, Liam Morarity, who I don't know if I'm saying her name right, who did like um, My Husband's Secret and uh, Big Little Lies. And they're all kind of a little twisted. Well, she wrote a book called What Alice Forgot. Okay. And it has got to be my favorite fun read, but it's actually not a suspense. But in suspense, I really like Lisa Jewell. Okay. She's my favorite. Yeah, I love I love seeing that because you've got such diversity in your book list. And you've got book lists for kids, obviously, because you've got a book club, which you're doing on OutSchool, or you do it yourself on your own platform? I do do that on OutSchool. Um, So they handle all the website management, (laughs) which I love. Yeah, yeah, you know, I kind of, I tried it, I think it hasn't even been a year. And I was like, you know what, I have this time now as my kids are getting older. Um, I only have one left in book club. I love doing book clubs. So let me see how it goes online. And I loved it. I wasn't sure how I would like the online platform. You know, it's really different. Yeah. Um, And I think I've gotten better at it. It's been a few months now. And so this next semester, I will have five weekly graphic novel book clubs. I had no idea they would take off the way they have. Graphic Um, novels. Yep. I can imagine. Yes. And we meet every week because you can finish a graphic novel without a whole lot of pressure every week. And then I will have five monthly fiction book clubs for eight to 10 year olds and two for middle schoolers. So, wow, I'm loving it. A lot of books. And that is a lot of books. (laughs) They're a lot faster to read if they're anime or graphic novels, I should say. Yes. And, and all of those, the, the five book clubs usually are all discussing the same book every now and then I'll run into a graphic novel. I would like my older kids to read. That's not necessarily you know, the best choice for eight to 10 year olds or vice versa. I'll find a really sweet, simple one that yeah. my middle schoolers would be kind of bored by. So every now and then they're reading a different book, but for the most part, graphic novels kind of reach a wide audience. So we're reading the same one. Oh, beautiful. So all found on OutSchool. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All of the, the listings. And I, I mean, at this point, they're all full. So if people are hearing this, I do keep a wait list because um, schedules change. Uh, Just this week, I had a parent send me a note. They had to drop, withdraw their child because piano lessons got put on a different day. And, you know, that's life. So I do keep a wait list. And for the most part, you know, openings do happen. So when you, you and I had talked about finding something to do outside of your mom role or your homeschool mom role, when you are thinking you need to have that time yourself, are you reading or what are you doing? (laughs) Um, I am often reading and I'm often just spending time with my teens, which, you know, we're homeschool moms, you know, in general, that, that brings a lot of us joy. I love to play games. Love to play games. And so I'm glad my kids do. If I am on my own, um, I'm probably meeting a friend for coffee. I'm an extrovert. I fill my cup, both uh, literally my (laughs) teacup and then my friendship. I'm meeting a friend tonight. I mean, that is what I do if it's just me filling my cup alone. If I am at home with the family, I'm often playing games or watching some of our favorite shows. 
So <laughs> much fun. Okay. Game schooling. I saw that too. You've got a ton of possible games. Um, you know, I did not like games before I went into homeschooling. Like I really didn't. I do, you know, Uno or was trying to, you know, remember, I asked my son what that was. Dutch Blitz. I don't know if you know that. Oh game. yeah. I love that one. Cause I'm fast. I love and Dutch coordination. Blitz. And he always defaults to battleship, but I was like, I said <laughs> one day, so he defaults to battleship with me. He plays all sorts of interesting games with everybody else. And I said to my husband, so I don't get why he's not wanting to play all the games with me. And he's like, cause you don't want to, like, you don't actually like them. And I'm like, oh yeah, right. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> he was two when he was winning chess with me, which he's not saying much about my skill. <laughs> yeah. Not my seventh grader is not as into games. Okay. He has maybe two or three that he loves. And, yeah. you know, that's part of that easing into, you know, letting your kids be who they are. So, right. you know, he's not forced to play games and every now and then we just make sure we pull out his favorite game so he can yeah. join us for a round or two. And, yeah. um, but I do have one child who loves games. So he would play at the drop of a hat any moment. Yeah. That, any that game. Too. <laughs> Me too. And I literally have games all the time somewhere in the house laying around just as much as like, yeah. And I probably should have taken out shares and Hasbro or whatever all the company's names are, because we own a lot of games. (laughs) Thinking of a game giveaway. I'm thinking actually that eventually, like 10 years from now, I'm just going to do a giant giveaway of my entire library and all my games, which will be a horrendous cost in shipping. But it's a lot of fun. Games are so useful for learning. And I see on your website, you've got all sorts of different things. So like home, um, history and geography, science, wordplay, math, card and board games, like you've got a a giant list of things. And when I look at them, I'm like, oh, yeah, we've got those downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Also, they're at Amazon. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that is right. So do you have a favorite game? My favorite game is probably a game called Splendor. Okay. Um, but it got a little overplayed in the house. So now right. it's hard to find a kid who wants to play it with me. And we got a little too good at it. And then <laughs> yes. it wasn't as hard. Yes. <laughs> but that was my all time favorite. Right now we're in a rummy cube phase. So oh, we yeah. probably play rummy cube um, almost every day, at least once. I mean, at some point somebody will say, hey, let's, let's take a break and play rummy cube. And boom. There we I, go. I have seen that one around and I haven't done that, but it's more of a logic game, right? I mean, it's, it's like rummy with cards, but with little cubes. So it's a little different, but okay, it's I the do same that. kind of idea. Yeah. Because all this stuff like those, you know, those math dice that have like, I don't know, a hundred sides to it or whatever. And, <laughs> and the, the directions in that book, I'm like, where's my husband? <laughs> and he, <laughs> He will bring it out. He will play all these games and actually understand statistical analysis. So it's kind of handy. <laughs> and so he plays all those games. But to me, I'm like, they're very good for math. I know they are. I have no idea. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm big into the games. When I asked my son what his favorite game was, he's 13 now, what his favorite game was during the pandemic, it was actually Among Us. If you know <gasps> online. Oh and- yeah, we played that one. <laughs> A lot because you can connect with other people outside your home. So that was kind of the, the fun thing to do. And he says it's been updated recently. I mean, I just thought it was a really cool, cool game for yes. um, people to play socially, like to connect with other people outside of home. 
Yes. Oh yeah. We enjoyed it. In fact, I think it was on my husband's birthday. We, we all played among us and we wore party hats. And what was funny is we let strangers into the game, but we told them in the waiting room, they had to put on a party hat because it was someone's <laughs> birthday or we were kicking them out. And so we have all these strangers playing with us in party hats. They're happy. I mean, it's just such a funny thing. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. Yeah. Love it. So what was something that surprised you in homeschooling? Because I I remember you saying that what brought you into homeschooling isn't the same thing that kept you in homeschooling. So I'm guessing there's a connection there between what surprised you in homeschooling and your experience there. Yeah, you know, um, it, it you because what brought me in was um, just giving my kids that childhood, that freedom to play and and be little and for school not to be consuming their day. Yeah, which I, I guess technically is still what I'm doing with teens, even though it's different. But um, back when my kids were little, I loved the homeschooling part. I loved the planning and the activity. And so that kind of kept me going because, I mean, I was a teacher. I, I taught um, elementary school and that, that ironically, I taught middle school math. So I do love math as much as all my reading as well. And so I loved that teaching part. But I've started to come to grips with, because I'm not doing as much of that anymore, but what keeps me going is that the kids still have that freedom that I wanted for them as children, but now they have it as teens Mm -hmm. and it looks different for each of them. I mean, one of my daughters is she works um, at Dunkin' Donuts at just a local shop, uh, serves coffee and donuts kind of thing. And she loves it. I mean, loves it, loves, um, wants to become a shift manager and and wants to do more there. And I just thought that's, that's why we're homeschooling. She has the freedom to be working something she loves without the stress of school consuming too much of her. I have another son who's really into computer programming and the fact that he can invest nine hours one day into his game design and not have school consuming all that time. I started to realize that even though in this stage, it's not the fun for me being involved in all their lessons and teaching. And that's what kind of get me going when they were little, but it's now watching them. Like I get to step back a little and just see that they now have so much more time to become who they are, Uh to take care of themselves, to find what brings them joy and happiness. And I just it just seems like so much more of a healthy way to live. Absolutely. Yeah. They're becoming who they were meant to be and they have tons of time to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that kind of surprised me. I I knew a lot of people who just put their kids back in school and high school. And before we reached those ages, and I have no problem with that. Like I said, one of my daughters went to high school um, and we were a hundred percent on board with her thinking this was the right move for her. We were like, go for it then. But um, I was surprised by how much, how much it's still been um, integral to what we're doing in their high school years and so important to them to, to have all that freedom. I, I guess I thought by high school, maybe I wouldn't care as much like, yeah, just go to school and do it all there. Homeschooling probably won't matter as much, but boy, that changed along the way where it was like, whoa, wait a second this is a whole lifestyle and it is just a different way to live. Yeah. And it's really, I think it's like bucking that whole 
midlife crisis thing that you can have around our age, like around 50, because you've already spent so much time in your earlier days exploring so many things and going down so many rabbit trails and kind of going, okay, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? Which like nobody does. Nobody sticks with the thing. But at that time, (laughs) they're exploring those things. Whereas we kind of, we've been taught these ideas of go get your degree at a post-secondary school. Then you go get your, you know, two-car garage house. And then you go, you know, you get married and you have this career and you have a certain number of, you know, things or a certain number in the bank account that shows that you're successful or letters after your name. You know, these things are successful. But then when you get to be, about 50 60 or so which by the way I'm not yet but when you get get to that point then you have to ask yourself is this it is this why I'm here is this what I'm about and whereas if you give this opportunity to these kids way early on and tons of time to explore their things and who they are and relationships and all of that then they don't have to do that kind of dance where they're trying to dance to the beat of the culture's expectations and they can try to figure out what's actually the beat inside of them. Yes. Yes. I mean, that, that sums it up so well. And I, I just, I don't know that I saw that coming. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> me neither. In fact, I mean, for me, I assumed it would be better if they homeschooled. And so then when a couple of my kids said, well, I'd like to experience this other adventure in the local public school, I was like, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a, I had a real big like existential struggle to actually let it go and say okay this is something that they need to do and of course my firstborn you know required an essay and all sorts of things you know at that time oh so different with my third child but um but their experience of life is very different each child their experience of life is very different from mine and this big adventure of homeschooling and this experience of homeschooling is mine. But what I've seen, though, with all of my kids, because we have this framework, no matter how they engage that uh, element of their learning, or the way that they approach an education, per se, our homeschool lifestyle or environment is very much freedom based. And it's very much like, who are you? What are you really about? How do I encourage that? And that is, that's beautiful for kids. And it's not hard. Like people, people think they think, oh, high school, I don't know about that's like serious sign up for some big time work or commitment, but actually, you're still following who they are and what they're about. In fact, I think it's easier. Yeah, well, especially I mean, homeschool, and I make it a generalization, but a lot of them really have gotten to know who they are. I mean, Those middle school years were hard because they're trying to figure it out. I mean, that was like their, you know, every kid, it was very different. Um, in fact, I wrote a blog post once. I call it the throwing the noodles at the wall phase where you're like oh. throwing all these wet pasta noodles at the wall to see what sticks. Right. Like what works for you. But by the time they've hit their sophomore, junior year in high school, they're, they're starting to figure it out. They know what they want to pursue. And so you're just there to throw money at it and encouragement. <laughs> Yes. Very expensive. Beginning <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. And get out of the way and help them get the driver's license and do all those things. That's right. Keep getting bigger and hopefully not crash a car. Yes. <laughs> it hasn't happened in my household yet. I did it myself. So. <laughs> so, you know, you've learned obviously a lot about kids and following your own children's path in their homeschool, high school experience. But what have you learned about you over the course of your homeschool years? Oh, you know, it's, um, I would say, Ooh, what have I learned about me? You know, the things I explore with them, like even the Enneagram, 
Yes. My kids are into that too. It wasn't a journey I took by myself. It was a journey with my teens. They're constantly now showing me memes and TikToks and videos. Oh my gosh, mom, this is you. This is an Enneagram seven. (laughs) Or we're constantly watching television shows and trying to name which Enneagram, you know, characters are. (laughs) That's good. So, I mean, that was one thing I kind of got to dive into what makes me tick, doing it alongside my kids. I also rediscovered, again, my love for teaching um, through literature. So I started in elementary school, and that's what my degree was in. But I got certified in math, moved on to middle school math. And I did love teaching that. But through homeschooling, I kind of returned to my passion of learning through literature. I mean, between learning history through literature um, learning all different literary elements with my kids. So I feel like finding the thing that really I probably enjoy most, even though I was teaching math, um, is something I've kind of learned along the way because of my kids, which has put me exactly yeah. where I am now. Right. That's very interesting. So that's my experience as well. Um, for so many years, people would say, you're not going to have time for you as a homeschool mom. Which is totally true if you engage it in a certain way. And then on the other hand, at least for me, I at a certain point realized uh, I have to find time for me because I can't do it this way all the time. This very classical private school in my home approach was exhausting, not just for the children, also for them. But and then at a certain point, I realized, no, how do I include things that are for me? And as I allowed that, and frankly, as I allowed my kids to be self-directed in their education, the whole thing came together where we're all really fully engaged what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely worked out I, for in our house as well. I think when the kids are really little, you can't help but lose yourself. I mean, yeah, that's so true. There's so many physical needs for other people you're taking care of that when you do carve out a little time for yourself, it's just to kind of like sit for a little while. It's not really to like find out who I am. It's like, can I just take a bath for a half hour? Yes. Or I went to but, Starbucks every Wednesday night and I was like, oh, there's no other voices in my head. Right. And I don't have mental health issues. <laughs> I just, yes. just all the little voices around me. And I would write everything that was happening in home school. So it wasn't like some literary adventure in my world. It was just me writing everything that was going on and me processing it and a lot of cappuccinos. Yeah. (laughs) And then as they get older, you're not physically taking care of all the needs. It does become important for moms to start giving themselves permission. Yeah. To say, I, I want to explore who I am too. But then as you mentioned, sometimes that gets incorporated into the homeschool. I mean, right now, um, my kids and I were doing ASL sign language oh, yeah. and um, we're all learning it together. Now, my mom was a sign language interpreter, so mm-hmm. I kind of had a basis for it, but that that's one of those things. Like we're all doing it. We're uh-huh. all having fun learning. I'm react, re-engaging a part of me that was from my childhood growing up. And I don't know, it's just fun when you can embrace that aspect of homeschooling, or if you're really into Greek mythology, dive in with your kids. And then what you're loving to learn about, you're bringing to them. I mean, current events right now in our homeschool, I I have found as an adult, I'm suddenly interested in them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a few things going on these last few years. (laughs) And and to bring that as an important part of our homeschool day, it counts. 
that conversation oh, yeah. over dinner. And yeah, as we em- embrace that, I, I do think we start to find ourselves in there too. Yeah, we do. And it's just the same thing. I don't know about you, but I had this idea of what I was supposed to do when I was young, or I had this idea of what I wanted to do. Then I actually started doing things. And then I realized maybe those things aren't exactly what I want to do. And then, you know, there's this exploratory thing. It just took 50 years to do that instead of (laughs) watching my, my kids get way more focused much more quickly. Yeah. And at the same time, because we're creating this environment for them, then I'm also coming alongside and doing that as well. And I and I'm hoping that homeschool environment that that we've created also gives them the freedom to be okay with exploring something new at some point. And yeah. I, I feel like that's what they yeah. get. Where so many people get stuck in, like, well, th- this was my degree, and and this is what I'm supposed to do. And um, I feel like they've watched me as an adult. Um, they've learned in their education, like. No, you, you can totally pivot. You can take the skills over here and, and pivot to this and, and go for it. And I'm hoping they're taking that away, um, from our homeschool as well. Yeah, I'm sure they are And whatever. Actually, the funny thing is for me, I've learned that they learn more of the things that I haven't said, but that I genuinely believe or the genuinely think. And the things that, I mean, there's some things that I say certain things and I think I think certain things. Then 10 years later, I realize I'm not really thinking that thing. I think I thought I should think that thing. (laughs) And they already are with it. They already knew. And they already, you know, clamped onto that and held that as a value and whether or not like our kids grow up and they don't see the world the same way as us necessarily as we don't with our parents necessarily and but they're going to probably hold on to some very base values that are us because they were you know they were surrounded by this and this was the truth whether we said it or not it was the thing that we genuinely believed yeah 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 and we we're living it Yeah, we're actually living it and more is caught than taught. You were speaking about finding time just for you. And so sometimes you're finding time for you also in the way you're engaging your workout. So how do you do that? Because I'm also on a quest to how do I include that more these days? Because I'm spending a lot of time either homeschooling, homesteading or writing. So yes, take it away. Tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, for me, it's looked different at different seasons and I'm currently in one where I feel like, you know, with teenagers, they still need you a lot, but it's more for like driving places, helping them with a project, you know, so they need you. It's it's not routine when they need you. It's not like, okay, well, we do school now from nine to two and mommy can go work out every day at two 30. And then because it's, that's not what happens. So I am literally finding that I have to sit with my calendar, like on Sunday and look at each week isolated from the other weeks to find out when will I work out? When will I have time? And occasionally there are weeks like this week where I just have to decide Sunday night, it's not going to happen this week. So my me time is going to look like that coffee date I have on Wednesday night, but you're not going to get that and a workout in on a very busy week. Uh And that is something I'm just kind of working through. Like, I have to look at each week individually, everybody's needs, who needs me where, and you know, this end of the semester stuff is just always a busy time um, for teenagers, the, the performances and classes and class parties and, okay, so mom takes a back seat, but then that means, you know, the next week, okay, the first thing that's going to happen is 
is my time. And then you guys will get me. And just kind of looking at each week as it don't and being okay with that. Right. That's yeah. the big thing for me. Yeah. Being okay with that. Right. So is that naturally easy for you to just be okay with that? No. I feel yeah, a lot of sure. guilt and pressure. Uh-huh. Um and things like I'm not a morning person. I, uh-huh. I mean, I'm just not. Now I do wake up earlier than I used to, but yes. I'm not a wake up and let's go. Yes. I'm like a wake up, make a cup of hot tea, piddle around the house, do that. Yeah. And so releasing the guilt of, well, if I just had gotten up and worked out at seven 30, then I would have had that done. No, that's not who I am. <laughs> My body not. is not awake at 730. <laughs> no. My brain might be drinking, my body might be drinking coffee. Actually, I might be outside. That really helps me because I have to get the animal animals all opened up. And yes, so it, it's useful, but I am not really awake at 730. Yeah. And that acceptance of who I am and not feeling guilty when it comes to nine o'clock at night and I sit down and I'm like, oh, I should have gotten up. No, like that's not who you are. And so this, so just releasing some of that guilt and embracing, this is who I am. And if I can work out between 10, heck, I'll even go at 8 PM. Yeah. But if I can fit it in there, great. And if not just being okay with it and saying, this is the week I'm living right now. So what can I fit in? I can fit in a great game of rummy cube with my son at night and in my pajamas and just enjoy that time. And I'll work out next week or whatever it is that feeds your own soul that you know, people, for some people, it's working out for some people, it's something else. So what do you like to do for working out? What do you do? Um, I, I use a online program. It's called teacher fit. It's really for schools, but they, they offer a homeschool membership and it's not expensive. Um, and on Monday they do a 20 to 30 minute exercise video each week, Monday and Wednesday is total body. Tuesday and Thursday is dumbbell kettlebell workouts and Friday is core. And I love it. So I actually though, Oh, go ahead. It's like Peloton for teachers. (laughs) Minus the big. (laughs) I'm not a Peloton person. I don't know. It's not a bike. The nice thing about it. The reason it's designed for teachers is the only equipment you would need like Monday and Wednesday. You don't need any equipment, a yoga mat to, to be doing the body weight you know, Tabata kind of style workouts, like go at it for 40 seconds, take a break. Um, And I just feel like I've gained a ton of strength, which I'm learning in my older years is very important (laughs) (laughs) to get some muscles developed here. So, you know, squats and lunges and lifting, you know, hand weights. So I do go to a gym to do it. I use it on my phone, but that's just because I have a gym I can walk to and um, I like leaving my house. That feels mentally good for me. When my kids were little, I worked out in the living room because, Uh you know, with, with kids all around me. (laughs) I had a YMCA in walking distance when my kids were little. And that was my reason. I was just like, I'm, I'm leaving now. And just, I don't know. I don't like exercising on machines. It's not my thing, but if I have to, absolutely. Because you're burning off tension, but that was really useful. It also had a childcare zone so you could bring the kids. Oh, that was so good. But when the oldest was about 13, that was when I reached my max. She's like, really? Do I have to go? Play <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I think I'm kind of done now. <laughs> exactly. So it changed, but yeah. What do you find as a benefit then to exercising or working out? Oh, the anxiety. 
yeah. you know, um, definitely just mental space um, for myself. And of course, the strength. I mean, I really am learning a lot as I'm getting older. I follow a lot of women in their 50s on Instagram who have these amazing fitness accounts. And um, just seeing that and thinking, I really want to keep my mobility and energy for hiking. I mean, I can't believe I'm like, I can't believe I'm having to start thinking about this. <laughs> but that, I that I'm is there with you too. Yeah, that is a lot of my motivation. Yeah, <laughs> right. Absolutely. And yes, the anxiety and just sometimes like a space away from everyone. I have been known to go on the treadmill and just walk for 40 minutes scrolling TikTok. I'm just admitting it. Like, I don't feel like running today. I don't feel like anything else. I want to scroll TikTok, but I'm not going to do it sitting on my sofa. I'm going to at least go move and giving myself permission to just feel that way that day. Every now and then. <laughs> so good. That's so good. That right there is a practice. Actually, just accepting who you really are, what your natural <laughs> tendencies or routines are. And some days just going, eh, no, it's not today. It's not today. What will yeah. feel, I'll have to say to myself, what do I need, need to feel good by tonight? Like, what do I really need to do? And I'm like, I just want to mindlessly scroll something, but I don't want to do it. Like, I should at least go move. Well, okay. I, do. I refuse to go on TikTok because <laughs> I know that it'll just like, I'll never get off TikTok, but it was hilarious to me that my husband, who is not a social media guy, ended up on Facebook. I mean, he's a Twitter guy. Okay. So this is his place. He's probably going to run for member of parliament next year, which is like your Congress person. So then he's <laughs> on TikTok and I'm like, you're on TikTok. <laughs> what exactly is this on TikTok? But anyways, people, I swore I wouldn't do it as well. (laughs) I said, never, never, never. And finally, one of my teenagers, when I was making videos on reels was like, I was asking her for help. And she was like, this is so much easier on TikTok. That's what I was told too. Yeah. (laughs) So originally I just got TikTok so that I could make Instagram reels, but I have to admit (laughs) I have way more TikToks than anyone would see on Reels because the the time limits are different and um, TikTok loves for people to post multiple times a day where Instagram doesn't. So it really is different, but you can get news. I follow news sites on there. I mean, it really can be a place for useful information, but I'm not suggesting anyone goes and does it. Yeah, no. Why why I had you on here is because I was trying to encourage homeschool moms to get on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Do more Facebook or whatever they're calling it. Whatever right? works for them. And there is a homeschool community on TikTok. I mean, I have found them. Really? They're, oh, yeah. There is a oh, lot of homeschoolers that. on TikTok. They're fun. They're supportive. Um, and well, and the nice the thing, thing. They're fun. So that's why you're yes. there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and the nice thing about TikTok is it does allow three-minute videos. Yeah. So um, if people drop a comment with a question, it lets you hit their comment and bring it up into a video and then answer it with a three minute response. So it's also a really educational place. So a lot of homeschool moms are just answering questions that people put in there. Um, I I really love it for that. So there is a homeschool community on there for people who want to go there. Well, I was not expecting to learn that today. (laughs) That's amazing. So for all the things that we've been talking about, is there something that you think, uh, this is something I really want to emphasize or share with homeschool moms. This is the thing that I want to encourage or remind homeschool moms. You know, I think it's really important, especially those kind of starting out to, to know it is a journey and to, to lean into that, that it's okay 
to feel like you want to change things next year. It's okay to um, do things differently. It's okay to try something for a while and then hate it or love it. And it, it's just this journey. I, I feel like when I started out, I thought, I'm going to research. Yeah. I'm going to know the best curriculum. I'm going to buy it. And then boom, like we will be set because yeah. I will know what we're doing. And Oh, <laughs> you know, the next year it was already like, Oh, I got to find another whole curriculum. Cause that didn't work. Yes. So I just feel like that's what I would want people to know is that it is a journey. It's a lifestyle. It's your own unique one. Yeah. And to be good with that. Yeah. So many times in my own life, and this is the practice that I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed with homeschooling, or I'm feeling like I'm failing my kids, or I'm not doing that, whatever it is, to step back and I look at my kids, like just really look at them. And I think, look at all the ways they're flourishing. Right. Look at their smiles, their contentment, all those things I'm getting all caught up and overwhelmed with in my brain. They're not experiencing. (laughs) Yes. And it just really helps kind of ground me back to like, okay, the kids are fine. (laughs) Like, let's proceed now with whatever changes are on my mind or whatever, but like, let's not get too hard on myself or get too crazy about what is or isn't happening. Like the kids are good. So step back, look around, enjoy the journey, let it happen. Let it have those things. Yep, exactly. And so that's really reframing it for yourself. It's accepting that your kids are doing good. And now how do I help to maybe put a little bit of a pin into that balloon and let it deflate a bit? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Um, You have interview questions for home and school, and I would love to hear about that. So tell me. Oh, I'm so glad. You know, you would think I'd remember my own resources. A few years... A few years ago, um, I started realizing that as I was planning, of course, at some point along the way, you realize that homeschooling is mostly about your relationship with your kids and your home environment. And all the learning stuff is almost kind of secondary. And I wanted to be able to get a pulse on the atmosphere in our homeschool from my kids' perspective so that I could make sure that their emotional needs were being addressed as much as their academic. So I wrote some really kind of honest questions to ask my kids that put me in a very vulnerable place, Um, like three words to describe our home. Um, What are things that I do that make you feel sad? What are things that I do that make you feel good? You know, just all the sorts of things. Um, That's really good. things that they wanted to tell me. And I told them, you know, you write your honest answers. I'm not going to respond always right away. But I then got in the practice of affirming, not defending, (laughs) but affirming what I heard from them so that we could make change. And I also put stuff on there, like what are small gifts that you enjoy? If you had a day that you could plan, what would we do? Because it just helped me stay in touch with what motivated them. What were they enjoying? And there were academic questions on there too. I had a whole section for school questions, you know, what subjects they enjoyed, what we do in our day that they want to continue, what we do that they would wish we would drop. Um, to just kind of get that pulse because that atmosphere 
is is the number one key to me um, of what's going on in my home. Beautiful. Yeah, I often um, or I offer a winter assessment to my kids around this time before um, we go into the next, you know, next year. But it isn't always about the home atmosphere. So I try to gauge that on the regular But if you could have them share it in their own words, that's really useful feedback. Of course, they interpret it through their own world, you know, their own experience. So then you, in some ways, you have to take that with a grain of salt, too. But to ask them, it means that you're really listening to them. And frankly, it's um, a growth opportunity for us, which uh, there's a couple. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And and it was good. And, you know, and I'm not saying I got a ton of negative stuff, but every now and then there were things going on that I wasn't aware of. And so it was nice to be like, oh, okay. I didn't know you were feeling that way. Yeah, that is a really good idea. And that is a resource I have not seen before. So I love it. Yay. (laughs) It is. I've seen a couple. Um, I've made a couple. (laughs) Um, So where can we find you online? Obviously, Instagram and TikTok. Yes. Well, my website is maryhannawilson.com, which is just my name, no H in the no second H in the Hannah and celebrateabook.com. And then on all the social media platforms, I am Mary Wilson blog or celebrate a book. So that's the same for Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of them, Mary Wilson blog. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you here and to meet you, Thank connect you. With you and have some fun. So thanks for being yes. here. <laughs> thanks. It was a ton of fun. I'm so glad that you are part of the Homeschool Mama self-care podcast community. I can't wait to get to know you more and your homeschooled kiddos. I encourage you to jump on to my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com. And in the show notes page of this podcast episode, you can share all about you, introduce you and your homeschooled kids on the SpeakPipe app to that page. Or you can throw a comment up on any page and I'd be happy to connect with you because I'm here to walk alongside you from one homeschool mama to another to encourage you toward clarity, confidence, and vision in your homeschool. This podcast explores aspects of self-care that I hope will serve the real homeschool mom in her real homeschool days. Because there are a few issues that most homeschool moms grapple with. Sometimes we grapple with that not good enough feeling, perfectionism, loneliness, anger, doubt, boredom, anyone? How about impatience or having to reparent ourselves after past trauma, even self-confidence and identity issues, and most definitely overwhelm? All the human feelings in the homeschool mom experience. To build into this community, I have created a Patreon community. I've recently opened a Patreon community. As a supporter, your contribution helps me access equipment, reach guests, and supports the time it takes to get into the creative work to build each of these episodes. Be a supporter and you receive access to my Patreon-only feed, access to extended guest interviews, discounts on group mentoring, intensives, and masterminds, all the archived Patreon episodes and content, a community of like-minded homeschool moms. You can also access monthly support chats and ask me anything days. I'm really looking forward to building into this community, building into you and getting to know you. If you're interested in joining the Homeschool Mama self-care Patreon community, you can check me out on patreon.com 
Homeschool Mama Self-Care. I'll see you there.